Alright, this is another episode of One Degree of Separation. Again, it's been a minute. Things happen, but uh, today's very special episode. We have Jay from Five and a Dime. Um, if you're from San Diego, you probably heard of it. Or if not, you might have seen the SD hat. It's 5D. I think it's like the best design ever. It's my favorite design. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna just let I'm just gonna let him introduce himself, uh, who he yeah. is, and how we met, stuff like that. Yeah, that that 5D hat is what single-handedly is keeping the <laughs> the business afloat. <laughs> um, yeah, my name's uh, Jay Jay or Jason Huggins. Uh-huh. Um, I moved to San Diego in '95. Yeah, from Sacramento, and just I was basically. Growing up as a skateboard kid, you know, straight edge kid, skateboarding, punk, that whole scene. Mm. He was really into like Bay Area hip hop and uh, was working construction. My dad, my, my, my dad is a contractor. So, you know, going straight out of high school, my parents were like, you know, you got to go get a job if you want to stay. If you want to live here in the house, you either got to go to school or get a job. So I took the job route, was working construction. Um... Sure, you know, at 18 years old in the 90s, I was making, you know, $18, $20 an hour, which at that point was pretty good for a young buck. Mm -hmm. But I had a friend going to school here in San Diego. His name is Dave Rath. I went to high school with him. Uh, He was going to state. And um, he just just called me up one day. It was like, hey, dude, come down to San Diego. Um, If you do, I'll find a place for us to live and I'll get you a job working at this record store. So, you know, um, I probably molded over for about a day tops. And I was like, you know what, dude, I, I just, I can't see myself. That's the crazy part is like, if you like where I would have been or could have been had I stayed in Sacramento, but I made the choice to come out here. Um, at first it was a struggle, you know, uh, thanks. Thank God. Dave found us a place to live for pretty cheap in OB. And, uh, and then I, uh, and he got me the job at, at Music Trader mm-hmm. in PB. So I immediately became this sort of like beach bummy skateboard kid, right? Yeah. And um, I, I think it was like minimum wage back then was like four twenty five or some shit. Damn. So it was pretty brutal, dude. <laughs> I, 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 I like, you know, like when you're 18, 19 years old, 20 years old, whatever, um, and you're working, I wouldn't necessarily say a dead end job, but maybe a dead end job. And you, you're filling your life with certain things like credit cards and buying stupid shit. Like my car was super hooked up and you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And, um, so when I moved to San Diego, the car slowly fell apart. I uh-huh. couldn't keep, take care of it. I fi- even filed for bankruptcy or something when I was like 21 or some Damn. shit, you know? Mm-hmm. But, um, like looking back at it, I'm kind of gl- glad I did. Cause it really like changed my life, you know? Mm-hmm. And also too. There was a part that was super interesting to me, which was coming out to San Diego where I knew at that point, skateboarding in San Diego, that was like the epicenter of everything. Mm-hmm. So just to get closer to that was like super important to me. And of course I, I worked at Music Trader for a few years and then was able to get a job at Pacific Drive mm-hmm. in PB. And I mean, for those of you guys that know, like P- Pacific Drive is like the spot. This, this It's been around for Man, I'm gonna misquote, but almost 30 years, I think. I think yeah. it opened in the 80s, I believe. So, you know, Jim at at Pacific Drive got uh, he gave me the job. Then I met the guys at Alphanumeric, and mm. the rest is history. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't think a lot of people know about the the role that kind of San Diego's kind of played, right? Like, like alphanumeric. That's like Aliasha in there. Yeah. Is he from San Diego? No, no he's from he's, New York. Oh yeah, he's from the East Coast. But yeah. this is like where he came up at, right? Something like that. Um. Well, I mean, again, for Ollie, like, to be um, into skateboarding, like, uh, you know, his life path brought him to San Diego. And then he made friends with, with um, Damon Way and Ken Block and those guys at DC. And then he they he got a job developing the the brands Drawers and Dub uh, for for the DC guys. And I think initially he came out here for Blockhead skateboards. Mm-hmm. And the crazy thing about Blockhead is Blockhead actually started in Sacramento mm-hmm. and moved to San Diego as well. Mm-hmm. So and. It's a long story, but I just have these weird, interesting connections yeah. through different friends and, mm. and you know, so um, I had the opportunity for, from working at Pacific Drive to meet Ali Asha and all the guys at Alphanumeric. Mm. Um, the, the list is super long, but, uh, and then that, and then, and, and then the funny thing was, is those guys actually hired me or brought me on as one of their friends, you know, mm-hmm. um, because of the, my DJing. Mm-hmm. So, cause at that point I was, you know, I was working at the record store. I was collecting records. It's like kind of a natural progression. You're like, well, I have all these like reggae records. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's get some turntables and a mixer and just mm-hmm. give it a shot. And so then I started DJing about 96, 97 ish, roughly, yeah. roughly. And, um, and then that's how I made friends with the guys at Alpha because I was playing a lot of like dance hall stuff. And at that point in like 2001, mm-hmm. 2000, 2001, it was really popular. Mm-hmm. So they just brought me on and they, I would like, they would play the hip hop set. I'd play the reggae yeah. dance hall set, you know? <laughs> do, you, do you still play that kind of set now? Um, so I've had an interesting life. You know, we started a sound crew, mm-hmm. a reggae sound crew, um, right around that time called Tribe of Kings. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time it was like two, there was maybe two or three of us and then it developed into like four you know about five or six guys and um, we did it for a really long time and we had like one of the best like Sunday night reggae nights mm-hmm. in the like I'm losing track of time late 90s early <laughs> 2000s right yeah and um, it went really well we started at Bar Dynamite that's kind of really where I got my start it's now Bl- Bar Dynamite's now Blonde Bar uh-huh. um, but I got my start there and um, and we 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 did a uh, bar dynamite. Then moved it to Martini Ranch, mm-hmm. which is long gone now. Mm-hmm. But we were at Martini Ranch for a few years, and really like, man, that that night just took off. Then we got too big for our britches and tried to move it to Mont, uh, not Montage. Um, oh man, I'm brain farting now. I'm blowing it. It's Flux. It's Club Flux, or it's Club. It's Flux now. Um, whatever it was before that. Yeah. Um, so if somebody knows, say something, but I can't, I can't remember the name, but anyways, we were there and, um, there was a shooting outside the club, like after the club got out after your event. Yeah. After our event. And, um, that was it. That was a nail in the coffin for me. I was just fed up. Like it was just too out of control. Um, at that point we were like five or six years deep into doing that night and I just hung it up. And to be honest, like I still DJ a lot. Yeah, and I'm not gonna say never, but like I, I just really haven't played reggae since. Like I've just kept reggae music for mm-hmm. me, 
That's cool. You dude. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, um, I'm not saying that I'll never do it. Like the tribe guys, they they just had their like 20, 20 something year reunion. I'm super bad with, <laughs> with years and time. Yeah. But they had their their reunion, and they always ask me, "Jay, come play." I was like, "Nah, I'm good." You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, I I don't know what it is. Like, uh, right now, I just it's it's something that's for me. But who knows? Maybe one day I'll. What was that, What was your DJ name back then? Is it the same? <laughs> Jay Dread. Jay Dread. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it was super. It was super simple. I mean, I had. I had dreads yeah. back then, you know? So it was like, that's how everyone, the J, you know, J with the dreads, mm-hmm. J dread, boom, it was done. Yeah, I think. I, I was very like Ross Trent. Do you know Ross Trent? Uh, the SNL skit. If you get a chance, you should watch it. That was that was me. I was pretty Ross, <laughs> pretty Ross Trent. The yeah. White guy, the white guy, you know, with the dreads and you, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I've definitely seen seen that before but uh but yeah the weird thing about all of that was i was still a straight edge guy yeah so imagine like hanging out in the reggae clubs with these really long dreads and everyone would offer to smoke herbs and i'd always decline and gosh man i would just blow people's minds they're like you have dreads and you don't want to smoke like what is that about i don't know it's just not my thing anyways no yeah that's crazy i mean it sounds like you You've lived like multiple lives in your in your life lifetime. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, I guess I guess like I I, I think that I have a lot of interests. You yeah. know, the problem with having so many interests is you become the jack of all trade, a master of none, mm-hmm. sort of thing. So yeah. that's my problem is like honing in my interests. But um, I think it's what like keeps me creative and yeah. keeps the creative spark going. So I'll bounce in and out of things. You know. Yeah, you don't want to burn yourself out doing one yeah. craft. But but I go I go hard into the in the paint with it. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, like I go crazy. Like I got into cycling and like yeah. you know, I fucking basically blew my load <laughs> on like cycling <laughs> shit. You know what I mean? Like I, I couldn't have just like a regular bike. I had to yeah. sp- you know, spend every penny I had on like the silly bike that now is just sitting in my office next to us collecting dust. <laughs> no, I used to see you, dude, you used to cycle like Gerald and them, right? You guys did like yeah. long routes. And yeah. Shit. Yeah. I got to get back on it, dude. I'm, I'm definitely, I mean, I, I tricked myself into the purchase saying that I was going to lose weight doing it. So it like justified me spending $6,000 on a bike, like mm-hmm. an idiot, but, um, I, I'm going to get back into it for sure. But that's what I mean is the wave of things, you know, I, I, mm-hmm. I get super excited about something. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, though. You know what I mean? I, I can't really say. I don't know. I just roll with the punches. Yeah. Whatever is relevant at the time. Like, yeah. It's cool. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I, I did like three DJ gigs in a span of like two months, and I, that was fun. But I was just like, yo, this is not my lane, dude. Really? Yeah. I just, I'm not very, I can't hear transitions that I can't, I can never time it that well. Mm. But I think I have good song selection. Like, I know what I want to hear, and like, I think. I know what fun music is, and I also know more than like three Bay Area songs to play. You know what I mean? <laughs> no shots. Just that's just facts, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I. I. I uh, I'm with you on the Bay Area stuff. Like I. I there's very. I don't know. I. I yeah. I. I personally like of all the like different hip hop subcultures, mm-hmm. the Bay has got my heart. For sure. No, yeah, it was funny. You like you when we were talking about Black Panther, you brought up the SOB song. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. Because when I heard it, because I'd never really actually heard those guys before. Yeah. And when I heard it, it immediately it sparked a time and place for yeah. me. You know, um, 
RBL Posse and those guys coming out of the bay. Mm -hmm. they, they had that sort of like energy and sound to it, which like I totally appreciated. Yeah, they're definitely like raw, and I wouldn't say like unrefined, but it's just like they kind of wrap off off beat, kind of you know. Well, yeah, it's just like cool. it's like it's like um, and let me preface was saying that like I'm much older than than most people these days <laughs> that are into like certain things yeah. so I can only say from like um, my perspective but I you know I understand that like the music that's coming out now isn't for my generation mm -hmm. but um, when I look at somebody like um, I because I have arguments all the time with like say Arthur and Mondi and the guys that come around mm -hmm. the, the, the shop um, when they're talking about different people like um, for example when I found out about this whole Rob Stone XXX beef. I was like, well, okay, so who is this kid, you know? Yeah. And I went back to listen to his catalog, and I was just like, I can't believe this is a... People like this shit. XXX? Yeah. Because because his sound was like... It's like... It's, it's the screaming over, like, the distorted beats. It's like, uh -huh. when you're a music producer, you want your shit to sound clean, right? Mm -hmm. So I was just like, I don't get it, you know? Mm -hmm. But it's like... It's like... That's their sound, you know. But like with the Bay Area, like like with um, SOB or whatever, mm -hmm. I the the production is better. But I wouldn't say that like their um, their cadence is right. You know what yeah. I mean? Their cadence is slightly off, but like in the best way possible. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Yeah, Veej, and I apologize. I always poor poor Veej, like I always like go on these tangents. He's got like four hundred notes here, and we probably only got to the first two because like I can't stop talking. No, we're just wild out of order, but we've we've been covering much of bases. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I apologize. It's fine, it's fine. No, yeah, so yeah, you throw events. Uh, we've been mm -hmm. pretty sure we met at event like at Arnrack, but that was it was either Arnrack. I've seen you around yeah. a million times. Um, you have that demeanor to you, the, that you really kind of like. You're like me. I can see we're we're like I I am a talker for sure, but like I have to warm up to certain people, uh -huh. and um, and I do like to give people their space. So, um, in a social setting, like if it's at Art and Rack or like Bang Bang or wherever, right? Uh -huh. um, like if I see you, uh -huh. like sometimes a head nod is good enough, or yeah. like or I'll just like awkwardly not make eye contact because it's just like i don't want to like i don't know dude I, I i just don't know but i seen you i saw you around mad times and um we follow each other on instagram and i just like what you're doing man so uh i think we had like the 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 the, the real conversation at art rec that's yeah, we talked about yo. We need to come together. That yes, type of yes, stuff. yes. But no, I'm, I'm pretty sure you let me into Bang Bang like in for free like once or twice. I yeah, that that, that was. So, I guess that's my yeah. That's <laughs> I guess that's my way of saying like, all right, dude. I, I see we you. Got, I acknowledge you. Yeah, yeah, I see you. But I'm pretty sure I seen a photo of you. It might have been like the hundreds or hype piece where they kind of. I think they might have been done a highlight on San Diego or something. Uh -huh. And there's like a photo of you at the old shop or something. And, I think your beard might have been like way fuller. Did you have like a way fuller beard? Yeah, I mean, I was way, I was way fuller and I was way fatter. <laughs> That's for sure. That was like, man, the high, the highs and lows of owning your own business. Let me tell you, dude, because um, it's people say like there's nothing better than being your own boss, which I can agree with, but it's just a totally different set of like, um, 
of problems. Yeah. And uh, when you own your own business, uh, you just need to be mindful to take care of yourself at the same time because mm -hmm. I just let myself go. Because mm -hmm. it's like, it's like um, the 12 to 14, sometimes 16 hour grind of just having the shop open. You, the last thing you think about is eating. Next thing you know, it's 2 a.m. and you're eating friggin' yeah. two cheese quesadillas and Shit. like whatever from Del Taco uh, and washing it down with like the biggest fucking cherry coke. <laughs> and um, that that shit, especially because I started the store in in my 30s, mm. that that shit caught up to me real quick. Yeah. So yeah, owning your own business, you gotta hold yourself accountable to everything. Like nobody's gonna tell you, yo, you should do this do this or, or let alone eat you know like yo you should take a, your lunch break you know? yeah you, you know that's pushing through that's true that's true i mean i definitely like our our business was started with my, my sister and i initially and then we brought our parents into the fold mm -hmm. and so this is a legitimate family business mm -hmm. um and i definitely think that like um i definitely think that like my parents have been there and have made suggestions on what you, we should or shouldn't do, but um, I definitely think um, your health was one of the things that we, none of us really talked about. And I mean, I've, <laughs> I've had, since I've owned the business, I've had this thing that some sort of mystery thing called frozen shoulder, where you lose like the- um, That's like a legitimate thing. Yeah, it's called, it's got some technical mm. name for it, but where you lose the mobility in your arm, in your in your shoulder, in mm. your the socket of your arm. Mm. So I had no range of motion, and it was um, it was like a three-year process to 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 get it back to regular again. Mm. Um, I had that. I had I had kidney stone. Uh, you yeah. know, I've had and my sister's had. My sister got like a crazy bacteria infection. She's had her gallbladder taken out. Like, mm. and these, this, you know, a, a lot of this could have probably been avoided. Yeah, I think, I think, but sometimes the stresses of owning a business, you, you don't realize how, how damaging stress can be mm. to your system. Yeah. I mean, Anyways, it's like, yeah. it's like last priority in when you're running a business almost, you know? Right. But I mean, so what, what would the highs be of running your own business? Obviously there's gotta be a bunch. So, um, I think the highs of running your own business is like, well, for one, I haven't worked for somebody and have and have gotten a company check since 2001, 2002, possibly. Mm. So I've been independent, you know, so I have the freedom to come and go. Like if I really want, I can go and do things that I want in the day as long as the, my responsibilities are taken care of. Mm. And sometimes you can just be like, fuck it. I'm not going to do that today. Yeah, I got, you can, I got I'll go, I'm going to go do something else. Right. Yeah. So I, I love having the freedom of being able to, to come and go as I, as I please. And it's allowed me to, to do all these other things, you know, I mean, without getting too far ahead, like Darcy's starting our cookie company. We do the DJing production company, mm -hmm. the hickeys and dry humps. So it's allowed us to do all this other stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. um, the, 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 the crazy thing is when we started Five and a Dime, um, we started it back in 2005. Mm -hmm. uh, we just felt like I had worked retail I'd also like in high school work retail at music stores and 
various skate shops and then again got into retail when I moved to San Diego um, and I've been working it for for almost two decades um, so I was very comfortable in that world so when it came time to open the shop I just felt like there was a lane for us um, and I was really trying to embrace at that time a lot of my friends that had brands uh -huh. um, bringing bringing and the, the, them into the shop and highlighting them as well as doing like art books and vinyl toys because I was really into at, at that point I, I was really into collecting vinyl toys uh -huh. I still enjoy it now yeah um, the problem with me is I'm not a collector by the I'm not a collector that w is concerned with collecting for the the value of the collection or to flip. Mm -hmm. I just I just like what I like, mm -hmm. right? So, but anyways, got into um, the whole toy thing, and then everything was kind of just. It, my sister was going to USD. She was going to school here. Um, she was just about to graduate with her business degree, and um, they're like, I was just like. I, let's let's do something mm -hmm. and um, I was gonna initially we had talked to the guys at information in yeah. Hawaii well, yeah we talked to them about potentially doing a, a franchise information store in San Diego mm -hmm. but we, my, my sister and I were in such a hurry we had actually sat down with the small business association mm -hmm. and she at that time when we we first launched the business we were able to get uh, a sole prop business loan that my so initially my sister was the main person on the the business uh -huh. as a sole prop so she was able to and I recommend this to anybody too still um, if you're trying to start something up I recommend going and talking to the SBA the Small Business Association and um, you can get like I think you can get an hour free of uh -huh. counseling through yeah. them and then they can help you sort of get direction on where you want to go with your idea or your business. Uh -huh. um, and at the time, they they were they were really trying to push these um, these loans that they had. Uh -huh. This was before the whole um, the whole uh, housing market crash and everything. Uh -huh. uh, like they were giving out loans like candy almost, uh -huh. right? Like. All kinds of stuff home loans these ones too or whatever so my sister got this loan right i think it was only like 15k like we started the business on 15k um we got the space at 828g we've had it ever since um it's where we're located now i mean we did move to 701 but we ended up moving back to 828 um anyways we started at 828 i was able to get the rent for cheap but we we're keeping our overhead and our cost low we got the loan and we just started and everything was kind of like as much retail experience as I had there was just there was a I had almost zero experience being a like business owner mm -hmm. and so I think initially we had probably made some serious mistakes mm -hmm. um, when streetwear took off we just happened to be at the right place at the right time yeah. we had the crooks we had the hundreds yeah um, we had information and then I think we brought in rogue status and I think with like at least rogue status or rogue status the hundreds and crooks mm -hmm. like no there weren't any other shops at that point in San Diego that had it so we were hit mm -hmm. so we were 
we were putting up numbers of sales on a daily basis out of this this small little 300 square foot store that like we had no idea we just thought that was how life worked <laughs> we just thought that that's how business worked like yeah. oh yeah you open up a store and boom you just it's make a few money. thousand dollars a day like it's not a big deal so you know hindsight is 2020 like we should have like saved our money a little bit better i don't think we should have dove in we really dove in heavy on yeah. streetwear um you, you know because you guys were offering hella brands like when i when i would come into the shop years ago like there's like a bunch of other brands and then there's a couple of san diego brands and then were you guys selling five minute dime merch already by that time? yeah so we we start when we opened the first day mm. we had the stack logo mm. in two colors so we've always carried what we called at that point shop tees, mm. but we never really tried to establish it as a legitimate brand. Mm. Um, even to this day, it's a, we're struggling with it, mm. but um, trying to like really find its identity. Mm. But and that's mostly be, I blame on streetwear and 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 the fact that like trends and things change and it's, yeah. it's like the guys from the hundreds. Ben and Bobby, they were really smart. One, one Bobby and Ben adapted to the whole online market, right? And yeah. they they really created a voice for themselves. And they they were, as far as you could tell, they were pretty transparent. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think that sort of that they were the first to really embrace that, and and um, that worked out well for them, mm -hmm. and um. Their graphics have always stayed true. Yeah. To to the you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like maybe maybe cut and sew would change and adapt, but their graphics have always been the same from day one, right? So their so their their brand book, their brand identity is always there in their logo tees and their graphic tees, right? So they never they never wavered. Um, I think one of our problems is that we felt like we were chasing trends mm -hmm. and san diego we've always thought that san diego was like la's ugly sister in a sense mm -hmm. um we were li always late to the party um and when it came to trends and stuff we just thought that we were, were always chasing them we you know we made a lot of mistakes um and, and we're talking about chasing trends that might not necessarily even affect the general public but i'm talking about like if if karma loop was carrying 200 brands on their site, we felt like five at a dime needed to do that for some reason. Mm -hmm. So at one point we had, dude, I, I, I'm not kidding. I think even in the little tiny store, we had 60, 70 brands. What? Yeah, in the little store. And we were just like, we were like packed to the packed gills. Yeah. That was like crazy. It just, it didn't even look good. It was just like, dude, the, the the bars that were holding all the t-shirts were sagging like it was a mess like it was just it was a lot but we thought that that's what we had to do you know it th there was a lot of firsts we were lucky that like the hundreds and crook the guys from crooks embraced um us being able to sell our product online so when we first launched our website um there was another shop in virginia called commonwealth and that was it. I felt like there was like us on the west and them on the east. Yeah. They were selling 
particularly like Crooks and Castles, like we had the ability to, to sell it and nobody else had it. And then eventually Crooks, you know, they, they have a business and they got to expand. And then, you know, these guys move into big box and then they move into Karma Loop or Digital Gravel or whatever these, these online companies were. We just couldn't compete. Yeah. We just couldn't p compete. Those guys were going, they were going really wide with their product offering and they were able to go deep as far as like um, quantities that they had per item. Mm. And we were just, it was all show, no go. It was like we could go wide on the product, but we would only have what we call sticks for each product so one medium one large one excel so it looked like we had a shit ton of stuff but as far as like diversity but as far as having like product where yeah. people could go on a sign go oh shit they have a shit ton of stuff then they would go on there and try to buy it in a larger it would already be sold out and on top of it these guys like these these online guys were able to they were able to dictate the market because they had so much working capital that they could go to somebody and say, hey, we want to do this. And, and then naturally those companies would come on board. And we really had no say in the matter. And, um, and, and then also they would do things like offer free shipping. And we just couldn't compete. Yeah. So we kind of got swallowed up, you know. Um, but that's, we should have just put our money. I think we just should have been smarter about how we shifted our money and how we because we could have had less brands and more of it do you get yeah. what i'm saying like we yeah. didn't need to have hella brands yeah low quantities yeah. Of sizes also too like yeah because then it was like let's say we sold yada yada t-shirt mm -hmm. right small medium and large small xl medium, whatever large. one of each if it sold how, there was no gauge of telling how well that sells because you're selling one item of mm -hmm. each size like yeah. you can't be like oh let's reorder because it sold well. You yeah. can't do it because you just don't know. So, you know, that was the problem. And then later down the road, people come into our store and they go, do you have rogue status? Yeah, we have rogue status. Oh, do you have the rogue status gun show shirt? Yeah, of course we have that. Like, mm. that thing's... Was that the like, all over print? The all over print. Like, all over print, like, that was just, like I said, it was a perfect storm. Like, at that point in 2006, seven, like... In this very room we're sitting in, like we had fucking floor to ceiling boxes of like all over chain print hoodies from Crooks. We had all over print Paisley hoodies from the hundreds. We had the we had the safety pin sweater from the hundreds. We had dude, and it was like And we were selling like dozens of them a day out of the store, you know. Yeah. This is when people would physically come in and just buy them. This wasn't even the online stuff that we were doing at that point. Mm. But uh yeah. What was my point? <laughs> <laughs> I honestly lost track. I thought we were yeah. talking about the journey. Oh I think it God. started out as advice. I think I blacked out back there. <laughs> you just like we're going in. <laughs> no, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I, I listened to a podcast from Bob, like uh, with Bobby. He's like, yeah. they made they they made like a hundred grand off of those Paisley hoodies or whatever, all over print. It was just like you said, right, right place, right time. Like yeah. the market was so hot. This is what they wanted, and like you're saying, like people went into the stores and actually bought stuff and actually went out the way to look for it. it it's funny you brought a di digital gravel that was like the place i, I bought my clothes because i was living in japan so okay yeah and karma loop too yeah right i couldn't get any of that otherwise it'd be like 60 bucks in japan was it wasn't that worth it to me but the, the crazy thing is is like why are they not still around why is why is karma loop gone like why is digital gravel gone like was it because 
Well, I think Carmelo, he just did a lot of bad business decisions. Yeah, yeah, all right, right. But I mean, well, there's stuff like like big brands that have big online presences, like ASOS, like ASOS or something. Uh-huh. They're huge. Right. There's like Urban Outfitters and all that. Well, just, like they make and manufacture all their own products, and and even Urban Outfitters, those guys are really cutthroat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like they make, they have a lot of like. Um, what do you call it like uh subsidiary brands that exist underneath mm-hmm. urban outfitters that you probably don't even know that they own yeah you know so they're making and manufacturing a lot of their own goods i remember when streetwear was like at its utmost hype like yeah cracking off like when we- urban outfitters would come go uh like 2007 mm-hmm. i think urban outfitters would go and like almost like headhunt mm-hmm. like they'd reach out to like say i remember um Johnny Cupcakes told a story about him going in to like introduce his brand. This is when he was like, he was tabling the idea of selling to other stores mm-hmm. and then decided to go the route of just his do, doing his own stuff, yeah. his, his way. Um, he, had, he, he pulled a meeting with Urban Outfitters and sort of like went through his catalog of what he had. And then like months later, like a t-shirt just showed up of like literally one of his designs. You know what I mean? It was like, I think it was like an airplane with like cupcake, like yeah. bombs dropping. Do they still be doing that? Yeah, they, t- yeah, they take it from Twitter artists. Yeah, they're like not. Yeah, they don't play, dude. They're not scared. That's for sure. I mean, I, th- I think on the other end of that spectrum, my artists should should find better ways to protect their work or something yeah i guess so you know i guess so i remember too like even like we went so we've like i said we've kind of shape-shifted and we've uh, we've adapted to you know the the temperature and the climate of san diego and and um, as far as trends are concerned but one of the things we did that i always thought was super silly was that curly mustache thing right the mustache logo yeah i remember that yeah um, that was like, you know, I mean, we're talking like, this is at the, the beginning of that whole hipster movement, <laughs> right? So we developed that thing. We really did it as more of a joke, that, a joke that got away from us. And we made some like mustache stickers or something silly like that. And then people just started asking for it all the time. And then I started getting really concerned because the last thing I want is like... That to represent the brand? Yeah, forever and ever. Like the mustache brand, because that's what people were calling us, and yeah. that shit like got me fucked up. Like I was like, dude, I don't want to be part of this, you know. Uh-huh. Um, but at the same time, it's like you have to sell stuff to be a business, right? Yeah. So the rest of my family was like, well, this is what we're gonna do, you know. But I was always sort of embarrassed by it. Um, but similar situation i remember one year walking by urban outfitters during the holidays and they had our mustache logo sticker big as fuck like like a 15 foot sticker mm. on their window is like literally like our logo you know what i mean and the crazy thing about that logo was like we had a friend develop it but it was so basic and so simple that it just looked like clip art yeah so people were stealing it all the time it was that shit was ending up on all sorts of random shit like mm-hmm. i would literally have kids that would like try to sell their brand to us and in their like catalog would be like a graphic with our logo on it i'd be like what the hell man <laughs> you know that was blacklisted man. <laughs> yeah but you know um yeah that was an interesting time uh-huh. that's when we actually were made the move over to 701 yeah and we tried to like you know 
build our whole branding and imagery around a more like rustic like vintage like feel yeah it was mainly because of the name five and a dime this coat and it, five and a dime really it's about that old timey nickel and dime store mm-hmm. so that's kind of the energy that we were going for with it but and then all of a sudden people started shitting on like that whole hipster wave mm-hmm. and it was like man god damn it dude because I don't think that we were like... At that point, we just wanted to have something that looked different than everyone else. Yeah. But, like, you know, I can't... If I'm the guy with that fucking mustache or whatever, and, like, we have that shit in the store, and we look some sort of way, you know, it's like... Even if it was accidental, it's like, it was too late, you know? Yeah, but, yeah like uh, you said, you don't want to be that, the mustache yeah, brand or whatever. Yeah, it was just... It is what it is, man. But, <laughs> but uh, I, I, I was able to convince our crew that enough is enough with that shit. And now, like, people always ask for it. Still, like, people go, "Oh, the mustache." You know where I knew it was like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. With that shit. When was that? It was when people were like putting it on the front of their cars. <laughs> like a big sticker pre, pre, but that was our fault whatever. that yeah. was our fault because we were making stickers that big and they yeah. were like putting them on the fronts of their cars like it was a face I was like I, I mean I apologize to anyone listening that did that like that's cool <laughs> you do you but like I, that shit was like I was like dude I can't because I was so worried about I didn't want to I didn't want to be just that mm. you know what I mean yeah like to go so, as far as we had gotten and then just be known as the mustache dork oh god uh-huh. That shit, like, I can't. I can't, dude. I want, like, longevity. I don't want to... Fads are fads. I just don't want to get caught in one that's going to be, mm-hmm. you know, that for the rest of its life. So, luckily, we were able to sort of get away from that a little bit. I feel it. Yeah. But at the same time that we were getting away from that, my sister was, like, coming up with this cookie thing. Yeah. And she was more or less just doing it for fun. Mm-hmm. And it really, like, started out with a conversation... Um, with her and her boyfriend talking about cheesecake and how much they appreciated a slice of cheesecake. Uh-huh. But they're like, why is it always so much cheesecake and not enough of the crust? Like, they wanted more crust and less cheesecake. I so, love I love cheesecake crust. Honestly. Yeah, right? Yeah. So my sister's like, well, I'm going to fuck around in the kitchen. And then she made the original cheesecake cookie, which was the graham cracker crust with the cheesecake in the center. And then she just did it, and people started loving it, and they're like, why don't you sell it? So... We're like, let's. So for for a while there, she was just selling jars of the cookies out of the back, mm. like gorilla style, out of the back of the old store. Mm. And um, that had also been a time where we were like, man, our overhead to our overhead in this space is super expensive, and we're carrying all these brands, and they're really not, they're really not getting us further ahead. And to be honest, at that point, p- kids were coming in the store and just buying five and a dime t-shirts anyways. Yeah. So we're like, you know what? Why don't we simplify our lives? We'll move back to the old location, which we were still holding on to mm-hmm. all that time. We'll move back to the old location and we'll just marry the two things together and we'll treat this as a real legitimate family business. Mm-hmm. And we'll uh, we'll have the co-opted space with five and a dime brand, just the five and a dime brand solely and mm-hmm. the good stuff cookie co. And that's kind of where we're at now. And um, it's an interesting space because a lot of people see the neon cookie sign lit up and they're like, where are the cookies at? All I see is clothing and they get really confused. Yeah. 
but it just sparks the conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, it goes, it, it's, it's really the gateway to you being able to have a conversation with somebody then kind of give them a breakdown of like what we're about. You're just getting them through the door. Like, yeah, like the, I mean the outside window, like looking in, you're like, yo, it's like a, it's like a mob and pop looking like diner space. In yeah. There, right. Yeah. And then, yeah, you see the clothes and then you see the cookies and you're like, okay, what, what is this? What's going on? Right. And I mean, and then the, the homies that are working up front, they're always like nice about it. And they'll just talk, talk to you, you know? So. Yeah. I mean, one of the key things for us was like, we didn't want to ever have the boutique where the guys were too cool for you. I hate that shit. Yeah, I mean, I learned the hard way. I learned the hard way back, you know, going, tra- making drives to LA and, and shopping at Union and going into Supreme and these other shops at the time. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, that's 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 their thing. But I, I just wanted to make it a point to, to not be that way with people, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that's our, it's like our number one thing is like customer service. Like, yeah. we're just customer service first and then tidiness of the shop because i have great <laughs> wicked ocd uh-huh. but you know that's the thing but nine times out of ten like somebody walks into the store for the first time their question is always like what's going on in here you know i don't really understand then you sort of like t- explain the concept uh-huh. and then they get on board and they're like oh that's cool yeah. it's like a brother sister thing you know for the most part like mm-hmm. the brother has the brand the sister has the cookies yada 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 the whole yeah. the whole spiel yeah, I mean, you did. A, you guys did a good job of marrying the two. Yeah, especially with the branding, like it's all cohesive. Honestly. Yeah. So the thing that we're working on now is like, and the reason why you and I are even having this conversation mm-hmm. is one of the things that I've recognized all along is that there's a struggle in San Diego, and the struggle is keeping people here that are creative, mm-hmm. and uh, not you know, unfortunately, there's there's. At times, there's just not work for creative people, not enough work for people to stay here. Yeah. They have to go to L.A. or New York or these bigger cities, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've learned... And, and like, Five and a Dime has struggled throughout the years, and we've had an, an identity crisis. Um, but one of the things we've always been really good at, and the thing that we're really trying to embrace now, is, is collaboration and cooperation. Mm-hmm. Because we've just realized that, like, the only way for us to succeed, and this is this is this is also good for the city itself too, is through cooperation and collaboration. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, we've always from from day one done collaborative projects with other brands. Now we're just trying to open up to other things, mm-hmm. not just other clothing brands. Like, what other businesses can we work with? Mm-hmm. Um, we, I mean, we're not going to do just solely San Diego brands or businesses, but that's gonna be. That's gonna be um, what we're gonna. We're gonna try to do more of it for San Diego. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's not gonna be solely what we're gonna do, but it's gonna be a good portion of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's just working with others. You know, mm-hmm. using the five and a dime space, the good stuff space, to lend to doing more pop ups doing this event that you and I are working on together mm-hmm. um, and then marrying other things like you know we did a podcast like a like a few months ago and kind of gave up on it but we're trying to we're, we're gonna redo it and mm-hmm. really like the, the plan is to bring it back um, and then focus on creativity mm-hmm. you know that's the topic essentially yeah. and and creativity um, with people in San Diego 
and just giving San Diego another platform for you know through through the shop through the podcast through maybe even doing parties mm. that we do so that's it you know that's it in a nutshell and then when you came to me with this new idea of doing this um, swap meet it just made perfect sense yeah yeah I guess we'll touch on that yeah but I mean the we we cover most of the, what I wanted to talk about, and, and I just right. want to say you got you and the brand do like a good job of. Uh, I mean, it's kind of a bad term. Sometimes it has a bad connotation, like like gatekeeping. You know, you kind of like yeah. You 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 you've been here this long, and like you know the ins and outs, and I mean you've done you you guys have done a good job of like mentoring a lot of people, like the people who work at the shop, like and you're talking about with DJ with Mondi, like I know yeah. you have Mondi out. And uh, and like the and then like hiding go free like getting that spot at Bang Man that was like through you and like your connections or right yeah so, sure so yeah just just like very good about not holding on to it too much because like, you know like gatekeeper people they're like yo like now nah, we're not fucking with you're not you're not a like this quality yet like but you do a good job of like helping that community get to that level you know yeah and I feel like we're talking about that that's the role that you want uh, five and a dime to have is to help everybody get to that level where we can because we can all eat you know yeah like i yeah i use the description of like a slice of pie right yeah so t typically i i found that like a lot of musicians and djs not so much now but a few a few years ago like everyone was fighting over crumbs yeah. you know everyone was just fighting over like the scraps uh -huh. and i just started thinking i was like if i could help like nurture other creatives and push them in the right direction um that and we can have healthy competition but in the best way possible like it's only going to benefit all of us because if if we can create more option for people in san diego it's it's and then and then there's i think there's we're creating a bigger slice of pie yeah and now we can like now we're not fighting over the scraps anymore yeah, we're that's my thought anyways i don't know yeah. maybe i'm wrong i don't we're know essentially we'll making a bigger pie than right that's the thought crumbs, you, know, you know i i had the conversation with andres from travelers club and i was just like i could fucking just be a hater mm. and just be like this sort of way and like wish you the worst and be like man i hope you fail and if let's say he went out of business and couldn't make it work i don't think that benefits me yeah I really don't feel like that benefits me, you know, like, like, I think that we can all work with each other to make the city better too. Mm -hmm. so, and, and we all benefit from it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's my thought. We'll, we'll see. No, that, that's facts. That's facts. The, the, the hard part with that, with, with cooperation or doing these collabos is mm -hmm. that sometimes the person you're working with doesn't want it as bad as you want it, or yeah. they don't do it the same way you do it. So mm -hmm. you just have to learn how to navigate those waters and... It's a lot about communication and like managing expectations right. and right. all that. Right. Because some, yeah, like you're saying, some people have a bigger vision than the other. Then they're like, yo, like, why can't you, why aren't you keeping up? Like, yeah, I mean, we, we've done some events with people too, like on the DJing side where like, but like night of, I'm like, this isn't really going how I thought, mm. but at the end of the day, it's was still, still good. Yeah. And, um, it all works itself out. So you just, you know, I'm learning to not like because it's it's weird to like um one of my struggles is like especially i i don't know if it's just when you get older you if this is a thing but you i'm get i find myself becoming 
more petty at times. Mm. So it's like trying to like, <laughs> you know, the pettiness comes from like, can co even come from like a misunderstanding, yeah. you know, and, or seeing something a certain way. And, you know, I've been wrong lots of times, especially when I'm like super petty. I'm like, fuck that shit. <laughs> fuck those guys, you know? Yeah. So that's the internal struggle for me is like trying to be less petty and be more cooperative and and work through the bullshit you know because mm -hmm. it's real easy especially um for you to just hear what somebody said about you through mm -hmm. the grapevine and yeah. then to fucking take it to heart yeah um so now my it may not always work but like i want to like just meet that situation head on uh -huh. confront the person about it talk to them about it work it out you know what I mean? Yeah. Instead of just letting that shit like fester and fester and create like a something that was probably not even that big a deal. And avoidable. And avoidable. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. All right. Yeah. So. So the, the event. No, it's good. Okay. We'll probably have to have a part two sometime in the future. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's more to be told. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, yeah. So yeah, we're having a swap meet uh, every last Sunday of the month. Currently through it's, spring, right? Through spring, so a right. couple months. Uh, currently, it's gonna be in the back of Five and a Dime, um, and yeah, it's gonna be the first one's on the twenty fifth. I'm gonna I'm gonna put this out maybe like uh, in a day or two, but yeah, the don't show up with your shit, like, cause I feel like that was was this, uh, yeah, it was a problem that we had explaining this thing. Yeah, I mean, basically, VJ VJ came to me with this mm. idea of doing this creative swap meet right so yeah. it's like taking a spring valley swap meet but like throwing some creative flavor into it yeah. right so ultimately like when he came to me with it i was like i embraced this thing 100 but um because what i like about it is one it's like take not just taking clothing brands it's taking um photographers and artists and mm -hmm. um you know all, all kinds of creatives and, and mashing us into one little area so like we can all hang out together and get to know each other which could lead to potential relationships down the road for other projects right um and we have the parking lot in the back of the store and we can do this shit for free you know so um to me it's a kind of a win-win yeah. um but what one of the key things is like this was your vision dude so like <laughs> i always like i can I can be opinionated and I can be pushy, but like I wanted to hopefully not drive your decision making for this thing. Like this is your idea. I, I fucking 100% support it. And I think that this thing, this will be the first one we're doing. Yeah. Which is February 25th. Yeah, it's a Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, 11 to 4. And yeah, it's, it's a free it's event. Free event. Uh, vendors are, are curated by us. Vendors are curated. That's the key thing. Yeah but everybody's welcome to come through right. um there, there's gonna be a couple of local shops involved uh, local businesses as well as local artists um music playing we might have food we might have food i'm locking that down currently uh but it should just be a good time lead into the summer you know daytime things to do on your sunday come and spend some money support the creative art and local business community and also the key thing here too is that he would came to me and was like i I'm, I'm sitting on stuff that i can't get rid of uh. so here's an opportunity for people to get stuff on the cheap mm. 
which is pretty cool too yeah because as an artist like when i when i participate in shows i always make too much and it just sits there and like most of the time i don't even sell anything at shows it just doesn't sell but at things like art and rec i've definitely sold some stuff at art and rec but that's not framed as like a swap meet so we're framing this as a swap meet uh prices aren't too crazy very affordable stuff very cool stuff we're gonna have some crazy vendors in the future yeah so the plan is right uh, we have about 12 or 14 vendors for this show uh -huh. this particular one and we're gonna alternate so next next month the end of the month it's gonna be a completely different set of vendors yeah it could, right? it could be anybody and anything like you're saying we didn't want to just do clothes or like clothing brands so there's gonna be a lot of diversity as far as uh, products for sale and people there and like you're saying like people can make connections that's gonna be the cool thing like a business will be right next to a photographer or like a designer and they'll chop it up and maybe they'll something will happen in the future like it's just these little connections that kind of ripple or trickle down or whatever and that can grow into something else and we're just looking to build some community and, and this is just another uh vehicle for that so um yeah it should be a good time in general yeah or a total dud I'm always that guy, dude. I'm like the glass half empty guy sometimes, yeah. especially like when you're throwing to parties or events. I'm like, is anyone going to show up? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you never know until it actually You happens, never know. So. Like, do we, are, are people going to care? Are they going to show up? Like, that's my, man, that's my biggest stressor. Yeah. And it's, it's never gone away. I've been doing parties and I've been doing events for the store and for, for years and years, and it never goes away. Like, even this Sunday, I'll just be like, is anyone going to show up? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, five minutes into it, yeah. you're like, oh, let's shut it down, man. Shut it down, shut it down. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so, yeah, so it's, it's, this is our first one. We're excited to do it, and I think it's going to grow some legs. It's going to, it's going to change. It's going to adapt. We're going to add and subtract from it. Yeah, it's gonna to evolve it in scale. Yes, yes, yes. It's gonna be different every time. Yes. Uh, yeah. And uh, if it happens to rain, then it's a no go. But we we look like we're good for Sunday. Yeah, chemtrails, yeah? man. Chemtrails. Or or satellites that control the weather, something like that. You guys aren't ready <laughs> for the conspiracy. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll have a conspiracy episode. I've been thinking about that so much <laughs> to do one. But uh, okay. So sometimes I ask uh, people on this like what their unpopular opinion is. And my what opinion un unpopular opinion so one that that's kind of go against the goes against the grain okay and we were talking about black panther you're like yo you, you have some like things about it but everybody I... everybody loves that movie like oh my so gosh i want to hear like your hot take on it is this gonna like my white guilt gonna come <laughs> out like <laughs> whatever you're comfortable with sharing maybe it's uh... just like it's not true to the comic or something okay like that. that's the well first off i i don't follow the comic so okay. i can't i can't speak on that so okay. if you're a true fan of the comic you might have a completely different set of opinions but mm. um man i'm really kind of nervous to like <laughs> broadcast this but um it, i'm probably totally wrong about it but okay so well for starters like white guilt let me just start white guilt <laughs> Maybe I don't understand why they only casted a, mostly American actors. Am I wrong for that? Am I wrong for thinking that? Like, why didn't they cast some more African a actors? Give like them the, straight from like yeah, like give them the opportunity to to fucking shine a little. I don't know. Am I wrong? 
I don't know. I think I think some some of them are like. Is I don't it, know. I honestly don't know anything. Is it because it's CG Africa? <laughs> <laughs> it, what kind of? That's that's not a real place. Right? What kind of? You Wakanda? Wakanda? Yeah, like the in the comics. It's, oh it's my god, are we about to sound like idiots right now? Bruh, I don't. I feel like it is. It's, it's got to be a real place. Okay, oh I'm gonna cut god, this. Dude. I'm gonna cut this out. We sound stupid. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! We sound like fucking assholes. <laughs> okay, no, my hot take is that Michael B. Jordan's not that great at acting, but he me too, off. and he has a weird chin. His weird chin. Oh, I didn't. I did not. I've not observed his chin, but okay. I did appreciate his trueness to Oakland with the gold bottoms the whole movie that shit was tight yeah that shit was tight such a small detail yeah and he said shit like bruh and all that like he's real bruh. like him and Ryan Coogler been making <laughs> movies together like I hope they keep making movies together but I hope his acting gets better honestly yeah um so well th- so that was one part and then the other <laughs> part was like I get that they it's, okay, this could be a spoiler, so turn it off now. I get that they like at the beginning of the movie, because like, they're it's essentially they're like they're they're story building, right? Mm-hmm. So at the beginning of the uh, movie, they talk about the fucking warring tribes, right? Uh-huh. And how they didn't get along at first, and it took the Black Panther to bring them together, right? Yeah. Okay, I get that, but like also too, why guilt? <laughs> why why were they fucking just fighting each other and killing each other were they even killing each other I don't even know but they were like fucking each other up like why yeah. couldn't it why did, couldn't it just be some fucking other enemy it had to be like black on black <laughs> dude is this we're gonna delete this <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't know I, am I like thinking too too I think much about it too deep into oh my it God, man. probably because I think this it's not a real place I'm pretty sure it's not a real place so it's just a comic book thing. I, I seriously hope I didn't offend anyone fuck dude I'm an idiot but that and then the other part this is a super silly part uh-huh. I get it, it's a comic okay let me preface with that uh-huh. but it's a giant city mm-hmm. how are they keeping that a secret there's like millions it's of people that live. There's, there's mi- yeah, but there's millions of people that live in that city. I'm not even concerned with the of how they would the tech that they could do to to make the city invisible. What I'm talking about is the the physic the people that physically live in that city. Like, there's got to be three million people that two million people, <laughs> a million people that live in this city. Living under this invisibility cloak. Nobody's like, like, dude, I want to get the fuck out of here. I want to go see the rest of the world. Yeah, nobody I mean, only, told their secret. Only that one character, only the Lupita's character that wants to be—that's a spy that wants to change things. She wants to change things, but she's also not telling anybody about where she's from. Yeah, so thousands they, of years these people have lived in hiding, and not one person's like, "Hey, by the way, there's a fucking city in the middle." of I guess they all agreed they didn't want to be colonized, so uh, which is a big right. part of the movie. All right. Anyways, but, I, I guess I'm. We might just bleep out some of that stuff. Cause I just, <laughs> just I feel del- stupid. Just delete it. <laughs> just I feel stupid <laughs> about if Wakanda is a real place. I don't think it is. I think it's a comic book place. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, I saw this one. It's person. got. It's a real place. I saw this one person tweet. So I forgot what he said. Oh my god. Fuck. There's I so feel- many good tweets about that movie. There is. Yeah, there's this dude who's like, yo, how come they didn't use a real place Africa or whatever? This chick was like, yo, it's a comic book. Like movie, like, and then somebody was like, "Why didn't they use a real Black Panther to be Black Panther?" And hell, and like, just people just kept saying shit. And I was yeah, that's like, a good point. Yeah, just kidding. <laughs> so it's not a real place. I don't think so. God damn it! I'm an idiot. <laughs> uh, I remember that. I remember Trump made like a speech or something, and he referenced a country that wasn't real. Do you remember that? 
know, but I wouldn't put Pat, that past Trump. I read that Fire and Fury book recently. Oh my God, it's so upsetting. It's just, we're fucked. <laughs> I mean, that, the world, I don't even believe the book itself either. You know, mm -hmm. the book, you know what I'm talking about? The Fire and Fury book with, with, uh, about Donald Trump and is his like, it's a, is that my It's, um, by this guy, uh, something wolf. He basically wrote the, it was supposed to be the first hundred days of Trump in the White House. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so this guy acted as like a fly on the wall inside the White House. Mm -hmm. And he's just, it went past that. I think he went to like 200 plus days or some shit like that. Cause his, uh, the stories were too crazy, you know, uh -huh. but like. I, I just I just we're, without going too far off the rails I just think that we're like living in a world of like misinformation and yeah I mean information is power at the end of the day but it's just not I don't feel like I feel like 90% of it is bullshit and not real and with this book included and just I mean now I don't even know if that's a real fucking country in Africa <laughs> We, like I said, we're gonna save this for for another oh, podcast. We're gonna go so on. So embarrassing. All right, I'll, I'll fact check it. If anything, I'll just make some. Or you're gonna just leave this in. I, I, when we were doing our podcast, I embraced my, my, my idiocy. I embraced it. Like, yeah. If I sounded like a fucking jerk, I was like, "Fuck it, leave it in. I'm not deleting it. <laughs> I just gotta own it." I want you to delete this, but I also want to own it. I think we should just own it. All right, we're owning it. <laughs> That just shows us uh, how much I know about geography in the comic book world. But uh, yeah, so that's the end of the podcast. Uh, <laughs> we got an event coming up. Come out, uh, yeah. support. Um, hopefully, more podcasts. I have more notes on more people I should talk to. So hopefully, this yeah, you come. need to keep doing these things, dude. Like honestly, I I, I like this podcast. Thank you. Man. I like I like what you're doing. Thank you. I would say it's hard, but that'd be bullshit. I just don't make time. Things just always come up. Hey, man. But. I'm just, I'm being loose with it. I used to do three a month. And I was like, oh, this is a lot. Yeah, we were doing it. Were we doing it every week? I feel like we we're doing it every week. It's mm -hmm. just, for me, I just, sometimes you go, some, being passionate about something mm -hmm. and then the gains of it, right? Yeah. Sometimes I just like, dude, this isn't worth it. Well, I felt like I was doing too much of the, too much of the work on it. Uh -huh. But. I'm hoping we can bring it back and then I can just get help doing it because yeah. if I have to do it by myself, we're fucked. Yeah, because you have to <laughs> listen to the podcast, you got to edit it, and then you got to upload it. I didn't edit shit, that. but like, you know, <laughs> we had to set up all the gear all the time. And uh -huh. oh, You guys had the real setup. This is just a mic on a phone. So, yeah, fun fact. It's just <laughs> a mic on a phone. It's not that hard. And you guys can do it. You guys can do it. And I'll, I guess uh, Travelers Club announced it a long time ago, but we're doing workshops and classes in the summer uh maybe for like a month and a half design classes uh music slash sound photo video events other stuff you want to learn if you have any feedback or classes you want to learn about or things you want to learn about uh get in contact that's going to be happening soon we're sending that up for you guys uh, i'm excited about that i kind of want to teach people how to use Photoshop and all that. So can they do they email you or something to find out more? Or how do they find how how are people gonna find out via via what? Well if you're listening to this, just tweet me. Um, okay. Vzilla or if you're listening to this, I'm gonna post it on the One Degree Podcast Twitter. Um and the, all the links will be on the description, so you'll find it there. Uh yeah, I just wanna announce that. That's gonna be exciting. Uh I feel like we're in a good place. Yeah. I just hope it works out. 
feel like I, you know, sometimes the passion is, is the passion is stronger than the actual doing yeah. of the thing. I have a problem with not. I get uh, so excited about executing. Stuff. Yes. In the in my. I get so excited that I can't get the shit done. Yeah. I, I overcomplicate it. I yeah. add too many layers. I've overthought it. I've added so many things to the document for this class thing. But it's gonna happen. I just think we're in a good place right now. I like what you guys are doing. I like Thank what you. I like what, like, there's lots, there's lots of people I could big up mm. right now in San Diego. They're doing things. Do and, do a couple shout outs. Um, do a couple shout outs. Well, I'm proud of like Jr. and Paul with Hide and Go Freak. I like that that whole movement. I like mm-hmm. what Andres and Travelers Club are doing, especially with the stuff online. Mm-hmm. I really like what you guys are doing. I like the Lady Killers. Mm-hmm. Did I say that correctly? Lady Killers, Killers, man. Lady Killers. Killers, dude. I like what they're doing. Uh-huh. Um, Moss from Goodstock. Uh-huh. I like I like his energy. I like Malik's right Malik Burgers right now and. He's about to release his, his, yeah. his, his thing this week, right? Yeah. Contrast the, therapy. Contrast therapy is coming out mm. on Thursday. So it's just a good time. This is a yeah, good time. Yeah, it's man. good. It's yeah. really good. I like where everyone's at. And if I missed you, I apologize, but we'll save that for the other podcast. Yeah, when you hear the next podcast ramblings of by we'll, me. We'll we'll be on Five Minute Dimes podcast talking about all oh, that. Oh yes, 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 yes. I'll have all I'll have everyone on. <laughs> I want to try to put everyone on. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Veej. Of course, it, man. Buddy. Appreciate you. Okay. Awesome. Peace. All right. Bye, guys. <laughs> cool.